I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, oh, my. <laughs> yes, this is a, uh, you know, uh, we recorded this uh, shortly after World Contact Day, which was March 15th. Um, so for those of you, you know, you guys all celebrating St. Patty's Day, you don't know what you're missing. So um, World Contact Day is so much cooler. I was going to say, what in the hell is World Contact Day? World Contact Day is the day where we're all supposed to sit and uh, think uh, to our alien overlords and communicate with them psychically uh, so that we make contact with them from uh, other dimensions, other locations, other planets. And uh, so that became a, a holiday called World Contact Day. And it also is supposedly the day we hope that they will return and contact us. But I don't know if we want them contacting us, to be honest. So. Well, I, you know, if they're cool, I'm fine with it. But if they're not cool... Um, yeah, no, I would kind of lean towards the Hawking theory that hey, if if they're out there and they they're they're looking for things, they may not be exactly the nicest people, and they could wipe us out in a second. So, very well, Independence Day. So. I think if they were going to do that, they would have already done that. So yeah, true that, true. That. Yeah, you know, I I kind of go with Ming the Merciless from Flash Gordon that you know he sends the tests out, and if we don't bother him, then he's like, okay, they're 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 too little for me to, yeah, you know, I ignore them. But if they fight back, that's when I got to take them out. Did you seriously just make a Flash Gordon reference? Oh, King of the Impossible. Oh, my God. Oh, now we just got copyright stricken. Yeah, exactly. I, great, great. I nailed Freddie Mercury right there so good <laughs> that they copyright infringes us. You know, copyright said, strike. Nope. Said no one ever. <laughs> no, never, never, never. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, so, Freddie. I know you're you're not happy about that one, but, you know. Okay. Um, I did just meet Sam Jones at Pensacon, so that was cool. Very cool. Very cool. I like how this morph from UFOs to Queen. Sorry, <laughs> UFOs to Flash Gordon to Queen. Like, yeah. I, like where were you? Know, people are probably listening going, where the hell are they going with this? <laughs> well, contact day. There you yeah. go. Yeah, that is, that's not where we're going with this episode, though. It's past yeah. world contact day. This is April. They're, they're so um i do have breaking news though so we have to insert our favorite breaking news music okay my breaking news are we ready yes okay this is gonna of course be shared in the show notes ufo in ireland the Ooh. town of Ballymahon, i think i said that correctly reports unusual sightings in the night sky so um, an unidentified flying object or UAB, right? UAP. 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 Unidentified aerial phenomena. Yeah, I can't, whatever. Okay. That's the new military term. So, yeah, was spotted by a resident in a small town in Ireland last week. The mm. person on Monday reached out to a local publication, the leader, and told them about the UFO or UAP. The reader said that it spotted unusual activity in the night sky. Um, Oliver Bali Mahan in Longford. The person in question also told the publication that he recorded the incident that he saw around 8 p.m. Um, even though the photos are a little blurry, their movement of three lights in the sky was very clear. They moved quickly, formed a triangle. Um, mm. And yeah, the caller said um, the photographs don't do it justice. It was a very clear night. The three lights were on the angles of the craft. The body of the craft was black. The lights were the color of an orange flame. The speed that they moved confirmed it was not an ordinary aircraft, right? So um, uh, what's interesting though, is if you Google, so they have pictures of this, right? They're blurry, but they have pictures of this, right? But if you Google UFOs in Ireland, you see very similar photos. Hmm from this. So um, actually in December of last year, there was a story about the increased calls police were getting in Ireland for UFO sightings. So, um, and the military and stuff said that there was nothing over the skies at that time. Of course, of course. Uh, Now, now, 
that could change because that's what they'll they'll say and then a couple years later when people are insisting on it suddenly they'll be like oh there was this thing we just didn't want to talk about it because it was a classified project and yeah, that's how these things always turn out. So um, well, it's true, but you know, who knows? Ireland may be a hotspot for the UFO activity. Yeah, you don't so, know. I, I'm going I, to hey, Ireland. I'm going to Ireland. All over the world. All yeah. over the world. So I will let you know if I see any UFOs while I'm there. And speaking of which, we have a returning guest to discuss <laughs> UFOs. Well, actually, she's not returning. This is her first episode. Oh, wow. Then I'm, I'm in an alternate timeline where I've mis, misinterpreted things and 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 misread things. So that's okay. You can totally do that. But our amazing guest is actually going to be with us on another episode. Oh, that, yeah. That's what's going on. I yes. see. I yeah. see. That's okay, Mark. You're so pretty. That's why we hey, have you on the show. You're I'm, the bottle. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> okay. I'm just the face. You're just the face. You're just the pretty face of this show. Um, but our guest is, Mark, go ahead, do the announcement. Oh, we have the amazing author, Danielle Orsino, is is with us. And Danielle, welcome to Erie Travels. Thank you so much for having me, since this is my first time being here. I appreciate <laughs> it. There's a lot of winking happening here behind the scenes here. <laughs> it's wink, wink. like we recorded back to back, maybe. I don't know. I don't we, know. we did record. Listen. We are professionals here and yeah. uh, never slip up ever, 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 ever. ever. Like, you know, like when we had a copyright infringement from 1937, they had to change the name of the show after two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Maybe, maybe that, that sort of thing. That know? never happens. Nah, yeah. Never happens. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Anyway, Danielle, tell us about yourself for the, for the listeners who don't know. <laughs> I am a fantasy author, author who writes Birth of the Fae from Four Horsemen Publications. Wink, wink, again. <laughs> and I actually had my own little UFO sighting. Yes, that's why we, 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 when you reached out about this, we were like, oh my goodness, we have to talk. We have to talk. So, because you are an eyewitness to just a UFO sighting. You're a witness to probably one of the most famous UFO sightings uh, in, in some circles. A lot of people still don't know it. So, um, but uh yeah, I'm going to I'm going to let sit back, let you tell your story and then I will chime in with what I know about it. And Erica, yo, feel free. I don't to... know anything about this, so I'm going to peanut gallery like I do and just ask weird questions when you guys say stuff. So, I was awesome. alive during this time. It's one of my favorite decades, not going to lie, yeah. but let's I never heard about it, but I apparently lived under a rock for some I am dying to hear Danielle's uh, yo encounter with this so everybody buckle up because this is a this is a fun one okay i didn't know it was that big of a deal to be very honest with you i think they actually did an unsolved mystery uh little take about it but at the time i didn't know it was a big deal uh it was 1985 november i think of 1985 mm -hmm. and it's weird that i know these little details it's only because i was watching the cosby show which was on nbc uh between 8 and 8 30 Hmm. so I can now can I tell you the exact time I saw it no I just know it was in between that time uh, I lived in Carmel New York so that is about uh from the city 65 minutes driving you know okay. give or take north of uh Manhattan and for some reason and I this was I live up in the sticks in Carmel it was not very developed at the time so there was not a lot of uh, light pollution and where I lived I lived up on a hill it was a three quarter of a mile walk down the hill to get to the rest of the neighborhood. So I was elevated somewhat on the cul-de-sac. There were only two other homes. My house was in the middle and then flanked by two other homes. When you looked up from my house, when you went out on the deck, you looked out and there were other homes that were kind of tiered way out. Mm. So you had a very nice view of the sky of everything. I mean, like I said, we were out in the six. So I was looking out my bedroom window for some reason or another, you know, I was in fifth grade. So, um, and then this, these lights and they were not bright, bright, but huge. It was, whatever it was, was just really big came into view. And I remember kind of wondering, it was at first, I thought maybe it's a low plane, but even as a kid, I was like, planes aren't that big. 
And I stopped and I opened up my window to listen for a motor or something. And that's when I realized whatever this was, was really slow and silent. And I called my brother and sister who were both younger to the window. They looked at it. And the first thing out of my little brother's mouth was like, holy crap, we're getting invaded. And he ran downstairs, yelled for my mother. My mother came upstairs and she was just annoyed because she was like, what? She looked out the window and started, holy shit, like freaking out because it was so big, you couldn't see through it. There were stars out. Once this thing came over the trees, and when I mean over the trees, like it was right over these large trees that flanked my house, you couldn't see the stars anymore in the middle. And that's when she realized it was solid. She ran out the deck. I followed her and then my brother and my sister sat like in the doorway screaming, get back in the house because my brother was like, they're going to beam you up. And we were out there watching it and it just silently hovered, had lights around it. There were, they were mostly red. There were two white lights, like one was on the right, one was on the left and they were, you know, perfectly parallel to each other kind of thing. And it was just silently moving over the trees and the trees were right. They were probably 20 feet from my bedroom window to the trees. And it was just dead silent creeping across the sky and we kept looking up to see if we could see a break to the stars Hmm. and we we couldn't and it was was just huge and then it got to it moved the break point was over my name the middle of my neighbor's backyard and then it lifted up shot out like super speed and then started hovering again And it kept doing this in this weird zigzag pattern until it got to a point over the hill line. And we just couldn't see it. Like you could kind of still see lights. And we just sat there like looking at each other because we just didn't know. We knew that we saw something that no plane could do this. It stayed silent. It moved so fast, but it was also this very weird zigzag thing. And I looked at my mother and she said, I'm going to call the cops. And I was like, who are you calling the intergalactic police? Like what, who, what are you going to, and she got on the phone and she called the cops and the cops were like, yeah, yeah, we know. Cause they were getting phone calls all night about this. My neighbors flipped on the lights on their deck and yelled back at us. And they were like, did you see that? And my mother was like, I, I'm on the phone. Like, she's like, I called the cops. I'm on the phone. And they were just like, everybody. And they was just like, what the hell was that? We couldn't sleep that night because like my brother was just convinced we're getting invaded. He had his He-Man sword out. He was ready. He yeah. was taking them on, you know, ready to go. Like, let's go. The next day went to school and everybody on the bus in the neighborhood was talking about it. There was nobody not talking about this thing, but everybody described the exact same thing, the same flight pattern, which was so weird because it's not like we were talking on the phone. You know, everybody was kind of weird. Like, the kids weren't like, oh my God, you'll think I'm crazy. Everybody was buzzing, but we didn't all talk before. So you couldn't be like, okay, let's get our story straight. Went to school. Some people were talking about it who were near us. But then when we got to science class, my science teacher couldn't believe that we all described the same thing and actually like had us draw on the board what we saw. Everybody drew the same thing. We all described the same flight pattern. And at that point, she was like, okay, this is weird. Like this is officially odd and at first she was like oh you guys mean the v-shaped thing and i was like no we don't mean the v-shaped thing and because most of us described it was more it was more circular everybody was talking about this the v-shaped thing from like the year before none of us were talking about that we were talking about the circular object And to us, it looked more circular. It might have been curved in the middle to have a V-shape, but from what we could see, it looked more circular. And that's what everybody described, everybody talked about, down to the color of the lights, the two white lights, like I said, the flight pattern, all of it. And it buzzed about it for, I mean, weeks. And everybody stuck to looking to the skies. There was one report that came out of Stormville Airport. And I remember a friend of mine was like, yeah, we all know, you know, the stunt pilots that were doing it. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, and everybody was like, no, you couldn't see the center. That's what they all kept saying. They were like, yeah. there was nothing in the center. 
Yeah. You looked up and we were literally under it at one point. There was nothing in the center. It was black, black, black. And the way that thing lifted up and shot off and then stopped and then started hovering again, it, there was no way that was an airplane. No way at all. It, to this day, I don't know what it was. I, it was a UFO. I don't care what anybody says. Something was controlling that thing. I've never forgotten what it looked like. Never will. And then it was all over the reporter dispatch after that, which was like our Westchester County, like local newspaper thing. And then we heard reports that it was, uh, people saw it it's on 684, which was the main interstate, you know, to get down to White Plains, 684, 84, 684. And people saw it there. And same thing. So to this day, Mark, I have no idea what I saw. No, and that's, you know, you are not alone. So that's the nice thing about this is that this was well-documented sighting. Uh, and it is, you know, the, the whole Hudson Valley, you know, UFOs are well-documented. Uh, to this day, people still see unusual craft in that area. And there's not really, uh, you know, an explanation, you know, you know, there's not a major military base nearby to do testing of things uh there i mean it's there's some close but not you know you know that that areas tend to be restricted airspace uh because of new york city and all that but you know you are talking about the outlying parts of it but um before we go into the first wave that you know the, I'll, I'll talk about the more famous historical encounter uh but i think we should probably go ahead and take our first break uh, or our break and okay. we'll go. we can take our first break and we will be yeah. right back travelers greetings travelers once again i come to you with an offer a good offer this time Paranormality Magazine, the news for those of us who like a little weird, a little outside, you know, you know, I think I'm speaking to my audience here. But anyway, they've reached out to us with a special offer for our listeners. If you go to ParanormalityMag.com, you can get 10% off your subscription. You can get 10% off any digital issue. You can get 10% off all the awesome merch by just using the code TRAVELS when you check out. Where else are you going to find this wonderful articles and stuff like we have found for you? And man, the amazing blogs, the amazing magazine, it's so worth your time and effort. So please, paranormalitymag.com and then use the code TRAVELS. We'll see you on the other side. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the US, Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. And we're back. Oh my gosh. So Danielle, thank you for that. That's incredible. Now, what's funny, you said 1985 and a yes. round object. Now, mm -hmm. the most famous Hudson Valley encounter was in 1981, uh, which is just before midnight on New Year's. Everybody thought this was some sort of New Year's prank or something mm -hmm. that was launched for fireworks. And a police officer sees uh and he's off duty because he's going to new year's mm -hmm. stuff and he saw what you, you they were trying to say oh you saw the boomerang you saw the the v mm -hmm. he saw a v-shaped craft uh over kent new york and then it was heading you know straight and he could and they could see the solid structure but they said it had like 15 red and green lights along the side of it mm -hmm. And it maintained about an altitude of about 150, uh, 150 meters, he was saying. And, and it was walking at a, it was like a walking pace, he said. It was like a five mile an hour. You know, yeah. could not have gone slow. That was about what I saw. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and he, again, said no sound. Maybe a hum no, none. that he was picking none. up, but he wasn't sure that mm -hmm. that was the engine 
And then all the colored lights went out. And three blinding white lights in the shape of the triangle. You can see it wasn't a V, it was a triangle. And, okay. you know, which is our classic black triangles we've been talking about for many episodes now. And um, and then it when it when it went to those three lights, the big bright lights, it took off at an insane speed again without making a sound mm -hmm. now um then um another guy nearby on interstate 84 saw it just uh, would apparently have been about a minute after this guy and he saw it slow down stop and then literally crawl along the interstate and yep. he said it looked like a boomerang again he wasn't seeing the whole picture at the time and it went back to the colored lights in the sky and uh now what was funny is in his report he says a voice in him told him that he felt thoughts that weren't his own and said be not afraid you know that kind of thing um so that's interesting you know so then a couple months later in february wait wait, wait. let's ask yeah. um did you hear any voices daniel no, no, I can honestly say uh, the only voice I was hearing was Bill Cosby and the Cosby show going on, which is a whole other issue we're not going to get into. But um, that's what was, <laughs> you know, the TV was on. So that was the only voices we were hearing at that point. That, that makes it a Thursday night because that was, yeah. that was you know, must, you can't miss Thursdays. So, uh, but yeah, so 1982, um, Monique O'Driscoll and her daughter saw a lighted object in the sky on a county road and watched it pass over their car and then it stopped above a frozen lake and then she described it as having about 50 red lights and it was about 90 meters across and again perfectly silent now again her it was a black triangle and uh and though it started to turn away she kind of said oh please don't go away i i, I want to look at you a little bit more so it turned around and faced her again and uh and then she panicked and ran because suddenly it you know when, uh, those, yeah. when, when the, that giant kraken's eye turns towards you yeah suddenly that's not what you really wanted you know uh, and there were several other witnesses that corroborated her story uh and again this is kent this is carmel new york this is danbury connecticut all of them are overflowing with phone calls to the police department about seeing these things. Wow. So March, month later, 1983, a year, a year and a month later, 1983, Brewster, New York sees the V again with all the colors of the rainbow, according to the quote, uh, arranged along its wings. And then it made a sharp turn and uh, this is over Putnam County. And then again, mm -hmm. I-84, that seems to be UFO highway yep. here. And, um, Again, they said about 40 meters long, uh, 100 meters wide. Uh, of course, uh, this the New York report was all meters. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, so us, you know, Yankees can't understand that. But, uh, you know, we, we, we were trying to figure it out. But uh, again, this one rotated towards the guy and he bugs out. Now, that's wave one. So that's 1982, right? Yeah, 1981, 1982. So, at this point, there's investigations, and the Yorktown police say it was a group of planes flying in formation. It was a it was a hoax. That's what we heard, uh, um, although they were unable to identify the pilots, um, and then actually the Putnam police said it was ultralights that were flying in formation doing this. And I don't know if anybody of you have ever ridden in an ultralight uh i did when i was younger what um, is an ultralight so wait those are that. like gliders with a little engine hanging on them so that they can take off and land you'll they look like hang gliders but they have a motor okay and the thing about them is they're not quiet they sound like lawnmowers they sound like leaf blowers that's i always picture there's if aliens ever come to earth they're gonna tell us turn off the damn lawn blowers because those we're hearing there's no sound in space but we still hear those damn things and that's exactly what ultralights sound like and when you're yeah, yeah. and i can't imagine flying these in formation because they're buffeted by every little breeze every little wind and you know and in doing it at night 
you know, no. dozens of them flying in a V <laughs> formation never could have happened. And then also the descriptions of it blocking out the stars at making a giant triangle and then also going at five miles an hour or less. No. Yo, that's, yo, I don't know. I mean, there was at one point dirigibles were possibly coming back as a thing. We were actually looking into that. And, you know, now, of course, with balloons, uh, you know, being a big thing in the last few weeks, uh, you have UAP stuff. Um, you know, it could have happened. But this one drew the attention of some famous people. And that would be the guys who used to run Project Blue Book, uh, our great Professor Alan Hynek. So what is Project Blue Book? Project Blue Book was our government's answer to finding out the secrets of UFOs. We ran a program that would go out and would determine if UFOs were a threat to national security. And we ran it throughout the 1960s and 70s. And then we did a big congressional hearing on it and shut it down. Said, nope, they're not a threat. Didn't say they weren't a thing. Just said they were not a threat. And we, we, we've investigated a thousand cases and We've identified all but 200 of them. Well, what about those other 200? Well, doesn't matter. They're not a threat. So who cares? So they shut it down. And Professor Alan Hynek was the scientific advisor for this. And he was brought on and he was able to debunk quite a few. But that you know, he was, but then later he came back and said after he retired from that, that yeah, this is there was stuff that I wasn't able to, de to debunk. And also some of the stuff I debunked, I was ordered to debunk. Uh, and they changed my writings. They changed my stories. Uh, he wound up being a consultant on this movie called Close Encounters of the Third Kind with this guy named Steven Spielberg um, shortly before he passed away. Now, the other thing is he is you know, looking into this when 1984, the second wave begins. So uh, there's another big UFO flap. And we like to call them flaps when a bunch of sightings happen all at once. And this one was flying crosses, X's, and then also circular formations of crafts, ones that looked like uh, they were in circles. And some were even caught on video. And that's what made uh, the Unsolved Mysteries. And... Um, and some people, you know, said that hovered over them and bathed them in light. Uh, in March 25th, 1984, that's the one 300 witnesses called in, over 300 called in. And it was, this was over the Taconic Parkway. And, um, and the Caramel Police Department said they had at least 200 calls that night. Uh, and a few oh, wow. saw the UFO themselves. So, um, and uh, there was a lieutenant who said it was not a conventional aircraft, could not possibly be a conventional aircraft. It was too big. Uh, more sightings on March 31st. And then June, 19, June 11th, 1984, the V formation came back. And uh, this was in Newcastle. So not again, not far no, from there. Uh, and a neighboring county's airport actually tracked that one on radar. Now, the circular formations is one not a lot of people talk about because everybody talks about the V and the triangle. And that's why when you brought up the circle, I was, I'm thrilled. I'm sitting here giddy in my seat because that's the one that's lesser talked about. It's everybody talks about that V, the flying, because mm -hmm. the flying triangles are a global phenomena and everything, mm -hmm. but the circles are the classic saucers. You know, they're the classic flying shape, you know. Uh, and then now this one, um was in uh it was a guy fishing on candlewood lake which is in yep. uh danbury that's in connecticut yep yeah yeah and um and he saw the circular rimmed object with 20 to 30 multicolored lights around the edges and he saw it bending around the edges so it wasn't things hanging mm -hmm. underneath like it couldn't have been ultralights you know hanging yep. lights underneath them and they seemed to be spinning slightly the lights but the object was still and when he turned off the light on his boat to, to try to get to get his eyes adjusted to it, that's when its lights went off. And uh, and so everybody's like, oh, he just it was reflection of something on the water. And it's like, no, it was above me. It was 200 feet above me. And it really was only 200 feet above him. Wow. So very low. 
And then, that's what I remember about this is that was it was very low. I mean, my yeah. the trees weren't were big, but they weren't mat- like so mature because we had a shed, and that shed was. I remember my dad could touch the top, like if he reached up. So that shed was probably only about eight feet. And so the trees up from that, my trees were probably only about 35 feet high. And this was just above those trees. So this thing was maybe a hundred feet in the air. It was not that high in the air. That's what made us so, that's why we were looking at it. Cause we, it looked like it could just land on us, like just fall flat, like a big plate just landing. It was, it was not high at all. That's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, the New York State Police, the FAA, a bunch of people were in- invited to, you know, dig into this and they all declined. So there's something, you know, they were they were invited by Alan Hynek and a few others. Uh then um uh ABC television was trying to dig into it, and again, nothing. So Hynek writes a book with journalist uh, Bob Pratt. And uh, Heineck died in 86, uh, but this book came out right after his death, um, late, late 86. And that was what he, um, he discusses this. It's definitely, Mm -hmm. you know, something, you know, that the, you know, he, he was digging into the V shape and the, you know, and all that, but then he was the one who brought up the crosses and the circles too. And again, if you read that book, it's, that's kind of a throwaway bit, but that's why I'm like, wow, that you you brought that up. I thought you were going to go straight to the V. That's what everybody thinks of. And, the, you know, the flying wing. And of course, everybody said, oh, it was the stealth bomber we were just about to announce. And it was these things. Mm-hmm. No, these things are moving super slow. That thing has to move fast to keep flying. Uh, otherwise, the stealth material fall mm-hmm. off of it. You know, um, the, the SR-71 Blackbird, same thing. It's, you know, they yeah. have to move fast. And they make a hell of a lot of noise. Even, you know, they're stealth. That's just because they block yeah. radar, not because they're quiet. Um, no, this thing was so silent. That was, like I said, part of it. And you could have walked under it and kept pace. Like, that's how, that's how slow this was. And that's why when it lifted up and shot off, it, it, it was almost like you blinked and it was, it was ahead. It just, but it kept doing that. It would lift up, shoot off, and then it looked like it stopped and then would slow down and would go back to that slow crawl. And it just kept doing this, but it would do it in this weird zigzag. It was never straight. Lift yeah. up, shoot off, and then it, but it would change that position. It was just, and it just kept zigzagging like that. It was, I've just never seen it. It's like, I'd have to, it almost looked like the flash, the way it was kind of doing it. And then it would just <laughs> stop. And it was, was just, there's no way somebody could tell me it was planes in formation. No. And they can't do that. And um, I, I remember there there was a story that somebody in the paper said that uh, one of the uh, guys who runs the airport said he heard, overheard the pilots talking. The Stormville Airport, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, it was heard the pilots talking on the ground how they were going to make it happen, but never didn't say which planes were going up, never say he saw planes go up, but he heard pilot voices. I don't know if anybody's ever been on a flight line. Uh, you don't really hear voices a lot, you know? I don't know if anybody's ever been to Stormville Airport, but I can tell you Stormville Airport, especially at that time, is a small local airport, yes. like tiny crop duster kind of airport. We had the Stormville Flea Market there. At that point, Stormville Flea Market isn't what everybody knows it is now. It was like super tiny. It wasn't, yeah. I'm telling you, it wasn't operating at eight o'clock at night. There was and none there of this was going on. 30 or 40 planes flying with, you know. Hell no, that would be the flights. talk of the town. Yeah. Carmel was a gossip town and Kent, Kent was two minutes down the road from me. I was on the Carmel, Lake Carmel, Kent border. Right. It was right there. Right there. Yeah. I, I, right there. So no, this wasn't, like I said, Carmel, my graduating class was 144 people. We all knew each other. We all went from kindergarten all the way up to high school with each other. Everybody knew everybody's business. All everybody's dad. You know, if you were on Kent police, we knew your dad. Like everybody knew each other. There was no way somebody was pulling this off and nobody was going to talk. Right. Nobody in Carmel keep their mouth shut that long. And and that's what some people thought was like, you know, like what happened after the Phoenix lights incident, which, you know, around the same time as people saw a bunch of strange lights flying over Phoenix mm-hmm. and looked like a giant craft. It, you know, famously, we found out recently that Kurt Russell was one of the first guys to report it because he was flying his little 
private plane and he he reported it uh he didn't even realize it was a uf famous ufo sighting uh until he was doing media tour or something but uh anyway that people saw this strange thing and then two hours later they saw it again and it looked different and then the military says oh we sent a plane up and it was shooting flares off yes well yeah the Mm -hmm. second one you did two hours later to cover the fact that you didn't know what the hell the first one was that's how you that's what you did so Mm -hmm. just enough time to get that ready to go uh but i think most famously on this is you know we have we have police reports we have Mm -hmm. dozens of witness sightings we have hundreds of witness sightings like i said students adults everybody saw this it reminds me of crestview where it just kind of got wiped off the map for a little while the big thing with this though was uh the indian point nuclear uh nuclear plant they went on lockdown during this so that is for unknown reasons so Mm -hmm. you know oh wait oh yeah we have a nuclear lockdown right after three mile island and you know these things had to be reported to the government Mm -hmm. why would you go on lockdown if it was a bunch of ultralights flying around you know um you know they so weird yeah it's it was it was it was not i would say a media splash at the time wasn't huge and then like i said uh unsolved mysteries a few years later brings it back up it starts getting a little traction Hynek's book comes out gives it a little more traction so that's why you know those in the know ufo enthusiasts you know you know now we're you know almost 40 years on you know study it and uh you know uh not not that we're naming names or dates uh, but, <laughs> uh you know but uh yeah because you were you were like you know you weren't born yet when this happened so you know that's how we know you're you know you're only 29 danielle so uh it's all good but yeah but um, like three years old well years i want to i got to touch on a couple things here. yeah Mark, please yeah. erica uh, what are your thoughts so I just, I want to, first off, I want the job where there's a UFO and somebody goes, oh crap, there's a UFO. What do we do about this? And somebody goes, I got an idea. Go send a plane up and have them launch a bunch of flares. Yeah. Like, I Let me get the book out. Job. Protocol. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, oh, let's get some ultralights together and fly them around in a V formation. And wait, nobody can fly in a V formation in ultralights. Hey, it'll be close enough. It'll work. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody release, knows. So it's fine. We'll just release some sandhill cranes and uh and, and okay. set them on their migratory path. It'll be fine. So we have them just sitting in a box over there ready. So I mean, of course, there's that. My question also comes with why do you think um there hasn't been a lot of sightings since this time? Oh, there still are. There still are, but it hasn't been the the big flaps like this. There are smaller more localized sightings uh the large craft is still seen uh in the area i've i've heard reports of the circle and the the v-shape um the cross shape is less common but it is still seen in that area um well how come do you think it's not as talked about then i guess you know it's one of those it's another one of those i think because it was such a big deal and then everybody's like oh it's just you know it was just ultralights. It was just planes. Oh, they're trying to do it again. There's, you know, they, it's not like, uh, you know, Flatwoods or Mothman Festival where they have a festival to celebrate the Hudson Valley. It didn't Valley bring anything into the, encounter. into the community. And right. it, Carmel, when this all happened, there was a certain stigma that Carmel was in the sticks. We were a bunch of hicks. Um, there, there just was a stigma of shut up. Like, we don't need this attention. So everybody just be quiet. It's not doing anything for us. You know, it wasn't more that we're crazy. Everybody there knew what they saw, but it was more that we don't need this type of attention. Like it's not, you know, just everybody be quiet. So I think it became a little bit more of shut up. Like this, this is not doing anything for us. We don't need the attention. We don't need the city slickers like coming up and making fun of us. Because yeah. it wasn't, there were some media um, outlets that did not portray it nicely for us. So it was like, I think the New York Times even put out an article of like skeptics and it's just, it wasn't nice to us. So I think Carmel kind of tended to rally around itself, like keep them out. We don't, we don't need that. It was Hopkinsville was part all over of it. again. So with the Hopkinsville yeah, think, encounter where everybody... Up talked about it for a few days and then you know suddenly it was backlash from all the neighbors saying what are you doing you 
you're you know, bringing the wrong kind of attention to us. So yeah, we just kind of shut up about it. Like, you know, it wasn't, I think it just kind of became like, a eh, no outsiders don't need to know about this. So just shut up. And again, late 80s. So this is also, you know, the, the talk shows are, are coming on. So it's the, yeah. the Morton Downey Juniors and all that. They, they had a field day with this for a little bit. And that's why, you know, it kind of went away. It was like, oh, okay, we're, yeah, we don't need to do that. I, mean, I think even HBO was trying to do a special on this um at one point and it didn't go very far or if it did air i know it, i think they aired the footage of the one guy who had videoed it and again this is early days of video cameras so it's not like everybody had cell phones and taking pictures there was one guy who happened to have a video camera that you know and video games were expensive then and uh was able to do it so um i i would like to see the security tapes from the indian point reactor of that night and see what was going on that would be the thing i would love to see mm -hmm. so well, fans out there, make a plug, Mark. Oh yeah, please drop us a line. Please send us your send us your emails. Let it, you know if you have if you saw the the Hudson Valley lights or the uh, or you know, wave one or wave two. We'd love to hear it. You know, and uh, you are not alone. And again, you know, document, 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 because there are so many witnesses who saw it. But sadly, there's not a lot of documented encounters. Uh, where people just said they called the police, but that's all they say. They don't say exactly what they said. We'd like to know. And, you know, if we can get, you know, literally hundreds of calls and tens of hours of documentation on this, there should be more. If that many people saw it, there should be more. And uh, Danielle, have you ever written to MUFON or anything about your experience? No, I never yeah. thought of it, to be honest with you, because you kind of always think somebody else would do it. And at the time right. I was a kid. So I was like, well, they, will anybody really listen to me and take it seriously? I think that was part of it. I mean, I was, you know, I was in fifth grade when this happened. I wasn't thinking that anybody would even investigate it, uh, much less take it seriously coming from a kid. You know, that wasn't it. And I think also the other part is when you're that young, you just, you automatically assume it's aliens. Somebody must be handling it. Like, why would they right. not think it was like, you just, you know, you kind of go to that magical thinking of, of course it's aliens and they yeah. mean, well, like it's all good. <laughs> and that's, and that's go why, yeah, this. yeah, exactly. That's why, you know, please, you know, everybody send us an email. If you don't want to go to MUFON, you don't want to go to, you know, some other UFO reporting agency, send it to Erie Travels. You can go click on the link at our, our website, erietravels.com. And uh, I'll make sure it gets to the right places, you know, for documentation and stuff like that. And we'll definitely add your report to the archives now as well. So uh, I'll, I'll send it out to a couple places with your permission. So, yeah. um, and, uh, and you know, that way it's just one more encounter there. And again, uh, we're following Hynek's legacy here. So, which is, that always makes me happy too. So. Well, and, cool. and on that note, my friend, don't, don't you have something from our favorite magazine? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to, you know, we've, we've got our wonderful friends at Paranormality Magazine. Uh, they, uh, you know, are one of our proud, uh, you know, sponsors. And um, please, please, please go to their website, paranormalitymag.com, link in the notes. And uh, if you use the word travels, you know, get yourself a nice subscription discount and, uh, and, you know, and that way they know we, we sent you. But one of the headlines is Congressman says UFO tech is being reverse engineered. So this is actual state representative. So what state? Uh, this is Congressman Tim Burchett from Tennessee. Tennessee? Uh, yeah. What? And he expressed his belief that, quote, we have recovered a craft at some point and possible beings i think a lot of that is being reverse engineered right now but we just don't understand it now this is in the beginning of february so right after we shot down the you know the crazy things you know four objects right after each other so uh you know chinese surveillance balloon and some other things where that we don't know uh you know the cigar shape or what you think was ron and uh ron and harry's car uh, you know, yeah. you know, they did not do well against that Tomahawk missile. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, you know, the Pentagon is yet to determine the exact composition of these objects. And so of course he made the, uh, these comments shortly thereafter. And, uh, there's a full article available at paranormality 
mag.com. So this is one of their web articles, but there's the in-depth articles are in the magazine itself. So enjoy that. But uh, he's like, uh, what? Uh, and it, you know, even in this, they even quote Steven Spielberg, you know, talking about, uh, I think what's coming out has been really fascinating. And, um, you know, he, he thinks there's going to be more to come. So it's, it's a very cool article. Highly recommend you go to it and and, and read it. Uh, and then, like I said, let them know Erie Travel sent you. Yeah, no. Um, I want to talk, though, before we end off, because yeah. I think, you know, Danielle shared, shared her experience with us. Danielle, is this the only UFO experience you've had? Um, of that magnitude, yes. After that, I had one other one outside where I saw something, and it was was teeter-tottering in the air and it was cigar shaped and okay. it was shortly after seeing the uh circular object uh and at that point i just thought there's weird there's weird crap going on i'm going inside <laughs> like i just same, left it at same that area like, yeah. same time period or a few years later uh, it was it was probably no it's a couple months after that okay so still during that same flap then yeah i just just kicked it to the curb and i was like we out you know at that point my little brain was like there's just too much and yeah I I just literally was like we out I went inside and I just I just looked at like my parents and was like mm. went upstairs and just you know it was just one of those moments of I'm done and yeah. out so yeah after that I haven't I haven't really seen but I haven't been looking I'll be honest ah. <laughs> keeping enough. the head down keeping the head down yeah it, it was a it was a little bit of if they want me they know where to find me they'll come get go. me you know we're not fighting it but we ain't looking on there you go there you go what about you mark uh i've had, i've seen some things in the sky but uh you know never had a close encounter uh but uh you know growing up in the back hills of west virginia kentucky that that dark sky territory i've 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 seen some strange things it was a satellite was it a plane doing unusual things and we're in the flight path for wright patterson air force base so there may have been some experimental craft that i saw a little before it was supposed to be you know let public i will say the day in 1989 that i was coming home from uh you know from school one day and i was driving my my new pickup new to me pickup uh and we were driving along shore acres boulevard heading out towards tampa bay and i see two f-16s escorting a flying craft of some sort and i'm like oh my gosh we, we, they're finally announcing that we've found aliens and it was the day they announced the stealth bomber and they were showing it off at McDill Air Force Base. Wow. And I had never seen it before. And that looked like some sort of alien craft to me at the time. So, wow. Well, I think that's, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I firmly believe there's something out there. We cannot be alone. I mean, they just, there was another news report res recently of all the galaxies they're finding. Yeah. You know, and um, Thank you, James Webb telescope. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. just galaxy after galaxy. So to think everything is unpopulated besides this one planet would be just ludicrous, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I lived in New Mexico. I lived many places as people who are on this podcast will discover as we share stories, right? Um, but I lived in New Mexico and I lived right near what are called the Sandia Mountains. Oh, and yeah. Sandia, by the way, means watermelon. And the reason it means watermelon well, it's because watermelon, but the reason these mountains are labeled the Sandia Mountains, you would think I was drinking on this podcast, um, is because at night when the sun is setting, it looks like a watermelon. It's pink on the top, and then it's got the green on the bottom. So they look like the watermelon mountains. But it was really dark out there, you know, heavily up in the air, um, you know, because it's 5,000 or something feet above sea level. And we used to sit out um, with the horses and the chickens and stuff. I, I grew up in Hollywood, California, so this is all really weird to me anyway. But you would look up in the sky and you would see things come, hover, drop down, raise up, move, drop down, raise up, and um, no sound, and then take off. Like, you know, what we jokingly say is light speed, but just there was no way it went from floating to you know, couldn't have been yeah. a, a, a helicopter because they don't move that fast. And um, my mom used to tell me that they were um, coming to harvest resources, like minerals and stuff like that. So 
I think that would be kind of interesting, you know, to, to know that they were coming to harvest, but, um, yeah, I think we, most people have had some sort of experience they can't necessarily explain. And we would love to hear yours. Share Yes, them. yes. Like I said, you know, preternatural stuff we don't understand yet. Let's, uh, let's get some studies on this. Let's, let's get some money behind it. And let's, uh, let's all share stories. Let's, let's, let's keep the, keep the stories alive. Again, Danielle, I've, you know, you didn't know that others had reported it and all that. So that's, that's amazing to me. So that's, that's great. And, uh, you know, that was when I went to talk to the, the, the Crestview sighting people, you know, which started the whole, you know, research for the most recent book was, you know, these were people who saw it in the fifties, saw strange things as kids at a school. And then they were told, oh, it was helicopters. But now they're seeing these videos leaking from the government and it looks like the stuff they saw in the 1950s and they're like see it wasn't helicopters it was some strange craft and i wasn't crazy and now they're in their 70s and they're talking about this you know so um you know the ones that are left i'm sad to wonder how many are not here anymore to talk about it so um again if you saw something say something report it please document it and um you know thank you all so much for joining us and danielle thank you so much for your time where can we find you you know if, if we need to read your books when we want uh, you to can read your books yes oh, that, that's that's an even better one uh you can find me at birth of or on instagram at birth of the fae fae underscore novel and the books are the birth of the fae series published by four horsemen publications hey i see what we did there so <laughs> Yes, shameless self-promotion, but no, Birth of the Fae, absolutely check them out. Yeah. Um, Mark, take and, it away, my friend. All right, Destiny, let's, let's, let's have you play us out as always. And for everybody else, we will see you on the other side. Bye.